Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. Hey, hey, my fellow RDs. So just want to give you guys an update before we hop into today's episode. I was in the States for two weeks in January because I was there for a business mastermind. Not mine, but I'm a part of one with my business coach and some other really awesome ladies. So that was an amazing opportunity to escape the German cold winter and go down to Miami for a few days. That was mostly to adjust to the time zone, but it also really helped because I met two awesome RDs in person who we've been chatting on Instagram. They were here, future guests, previous guests here on the podcast, and just meeting them in person was so freaking awesome. So if you guys ever have the opportunity to meet your fellow RDs from Instagram in person, highly recommend. It was such a blast. Um, And then I went down to San Croix, which is where the mastermind was held. It was more of like a retreat, mind, body, soul kind of thing. Totally my jam. And I've been working with these ladies for about nine months now in my bigger mastermind with my business coach. And it was just amazing meeting them all in person. And there's something about it when you physically come together that it's just so much more impactful. I mean, yes, online is awesome. Do not get me wrong because It's 2022 and everything is virtual. And I feel like the pandemic really brought that into into play as well. But it's super cool meeting in person and just really having genuine conversations with people who have become really good, not only business mentors, but also friends. And guys, there's literally nothing like it. That was, I wish I had recorded an episode there. That was actually my plan to record like a bonus fun episode while I was like on the beach with the breeze in my hair. And honestly, I didn't really have time for that. So that episode will come out in a couple of weeks as a bonus episode where I just talk about how friggin' awesome masterminding is um, and a little bit more about business alignment. But let's get back to the task on hand before I go too wild and crazy in the opposite direction. Today, I have Amelia Sherry on the show. She's an RD and dedicated to helping moms raise girls free from diet culture. Amelia recovered from decades of disordered eating and changed her career from a health and fitness writer to a nutritionist. Today, she helps mothers and providers learn positive ways to talk to their kids about food, eating, and weight. I'm super stoked for you guys to listen to this episode, so let's go. And welcome, Amelia Sherry, to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I am super excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Celestina. Thank you. Of course. All right. Well, before we learn more about you, let's get through the most important questions there are here. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? I think it is, it changes all the time. I think right now it is Hawaii. It's always a toss up, Hawaii or Bali. I'm attracted to all the bright flowers and of course the beautiful weather and I haven't been to either place. So they're both on my bucket list. I love that. So tropical island in the Pacific, I'm going to send you all of the good vibes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite meal of all time? I would have to say hazelnut gelato, slightly melted, is my absolute favorite food. And I could skip the entire meal and go right to that every time. I love that. And super random that you chose that because I have an ice cream cone with hazelnut gelato tattooed on my shoulder. 
Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I might need to get one of those. <laughs> it started out as a joke, like that I could like lick ice cream on my shoulder whenever I wanted. And then my husband and I got matching ones. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. What a funny coincidence. Right. Okay. And then last but not least, coffee or cocktails. Ooh, when I was younger, a slightly dirty vodka martini was my go-to, but I say after having kids, I'm more on the uh, matcha latte. Okay, cool. Alcohol does not sit as well with me. I don't know if it's because I'm exhausted or what, Um, and I definitely go more for that lighter caffeine type vibe these days. Sad, but true. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, now that we know basically everything about you, let's talk a little (laughs) bit about your journey as an RD and a little bit about the population that you serve as well. Okay, sure. So I have a a short career as an RD because it's a second career for me, but I'd say a very long journey getting here. I had a very disordered relationship with food prior to going out into the workforce, and it followed me with my first career. I was a writer for women's magazines and focused a lot on fitness, health, and nutrition. Um, I eventually moved into reinventing my career and studying nutrition as a professional and became an RD. I work in pediatrics. I was always interested in that aspect. Around the same time, I also became a mother. Going through that experience brought me back to my own recovery and healing with food and kind of steered me away from the traditional way of uh, practicing nutrition that I was taught in school. And I now practice from uh, weight neutral and a health at every size mindset. And right now I currently work closely with moms who have disordered or chronic dieting histories to help them when they feed their children, not to feel feel so stressed, um, really to boost their confidence. Because I found in my personal life that my stress around food and sort of internal conflicts got reignited when I was faced with feeding my own daughters. Uh, so I really love working with moms who are struggling with those same issues. That is an awesome journey. And I feel like when you can, or rather when you're going through something like that, that kind of leads you on a path to see, I guess, like a a need in that niche, right? So I would love to know a little bit more about rather if you feel like going through it has helped you relate to your clients better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it is very generous and a gift if we can all to whatever extent possible lead with something that really resonates with our personal experience. I mean, even just being a parent, um, working in pediatric, I worked in pediatric endocrinology in a clinical environment for five years and just being a parent and relating to the parents of my patients in that way was so helpful. You know, you just have those real moments of sharing, hey, I know that what I'm telling you is frustrating to implement, or I I hear you when you're concerned about X, Y, and Z. Like that is such a great gift, I think, to give your clients. And it does give you insight into the reality. So what we learn in school and what we study can be very difficult to apply to different populations. So if you have personal experience, it just makes the sharing of that knowledge just so much more dynamic and, and ultimately, I think, helpful and realistic for people. Definitely. I think especially in the mom space, people want to be heard, people want to be understood. And 
related to in some way. So I feel like you hit the nail on the head with your niche and coming from it from a more personal perspective as well. Yeah. And if I could add, it was not easy. Yeah. So it, um, it took, uh, there was an evolution that really started for me, I think at the beginning of, well, there were multiple elements of it. Um, but, um, during the beginning of the pandemic, I started really having to come to terms with my feelings about my own daughter's weight and her changing body and coming, I guess, clean with those internal conflicts I was feeling around feeding took a lot of, it was really uncomfortable to go there, you know, and admit what I was feeling and also to share that with people. So it's not always easy, I think, to come from your personal experience. But ultimately, like I said before, I just think it's such a great gift and and a great way to really, really, I always call it breaking silence, but really opening up about experience. And especially in mom space or parenting space where there's so much pressure to get everything like so right and to have all your issues like cleared up before you enter the arena, which is absolutely impossible, right? We can't have it all together. (laughs) We can't even know (laughs) what we have to get together, right? Yeah. (laughs) is there a certain age of like is there a a certain age where you find your clients to be like reaching out to you or rather their kids are a certain age when some of these triggers are starting to reoccur yes I would definitely say that just like prepubescent kids you know we are designed to start storing more fat at this age and that tends to make parents un comfortable for various reasons. And it can tend to put parents in a position where they either overtly or subtly feel compelled to restrict their child's food, whether and they might not even be conscious of it. And so that age range, especially for people who, who don't have what we call eating competence or are in a good space themselves with their own eating skills, that age can bring up a lot of conflict. Also, when a child's weight or BMI diverges from their actual trajectory on the growth chart, a a pediatrician, or if you've been referred to endocrinology, also pointing out the changes in BMI can be a a big trigger and a conflict for parents. They might be like, well, my, you know, the medical expert in this situation, the pediatrician endocrinologist is telling me that their weight is a problem and we need to address it. But when you're working within a real understanding of pediatric nutrition and normal growth and development and how to handle divergences in a positive way that doesn't trigger disordered and dysfunctional behaviors around food, we recognize that really addressing the weight head on like that is not helpful at all. So so there's two areas. One, just tendency around, I guess, when a child's body starts changing, possibly during puberty there were lots of changes during the pandemic, which were normal, natural responses to stress. Or if you're getting input from a pediatrician or endocrinologist, that weight divergence or change is an issue. Those are the two groups that seek me out most often. Cool. Yeah. I just find that to be really interesting. I've only worked with peds for a very short period of time. And that was actually before I was a dietitian. So I feel like that is, especially if you're not in that niche, I feel like that's really helpful to know. So as you continue to drop wisdom, are there any other areas that you feel like you wish you would have known as an early RD or any areas of wisdom that you feel like you can impart, whether it be nutrition related or business related for other dietitians? Oh boy, where, where should I start? 
The first thing that comes to mind is don't be afraid to challenge convention. And especially if you're working in a clinical setting or in a traditional, like within the medical model, there's major issues. You know, I've been confronted with issues of weight stigma and weight management. And I think my disordered background really helped because I felt very strongly that the approaches that were being recommended by the medical community were not positive and they were, you know, even harmful. But it did take I also entered the field a little older with more experience and I'm an you know, older person in general. I'm in my 40s. So, but it still took a lot of confidence to push back against the medical community that I was within. And ultimately, I left it. I think this can be very challenging for dietitians and that you, if you do have an inkling that what's going on or around you isn't right, then seek out support from other RDs or other professionals who are in the space that resonates with you more so that you can feel confident and go forward and provide the kind of care that you think really is therapeutic and beneficial for the um, people that you want to serve. It's, it, it is challenging. It doesn't mean that it isn't a great move and the right move for you. Definitely. Maybe elaborate on that. What was that like for you, leaving the clinical world and perhaps going into the unknown? Absolutely. It, it is scary. And I, I did also, there were many benefits to working within, I worked in an outpatient clinic that was part of a larger medical center. And I learned so much, particularly about the field of endocrinology. And I love being around all these different medical professionals with such, you know, such great, very specific wisdom about certain conditions. And leaving was scary. I did have my hand pushed in the sense that different things were changing where I was. And I was asked to do more hours and medical directors were shifting and had different priorities. And I just really was pushed to decide, was I going to go deeper in this community or was I going to leave? And ultimately with that push, I was able to make the decision. Of course, I could have decided to go to another clinical position, but I really just felt like now is now is the time to make that leap and go out on my own and really pursue this very, very specific niche that I'm in, you know, dealing with mothers and parents in general who have this sort of disordered background definitely is a small category. So I limit myself in a lot of ways. And just to answer your question, it was scary, but it also felt right in so many ways. So those are the best decisions, right? Yeah. I think, I think there's always like this fine line between, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And I'm super scared, but like usually like slightly outside your comfort zone is where the best shit happens. So I'm happy that you were able to take that leap and you're right. It might be a small niche, but there are people who need that or who have that need to be filled. And now you're that person for them specifically. So I feel like that's, that's really the win-win and the value that you can add in that scenario as well. Yeah, I think that recognizing that there is a need is important. I think that the other thing that is extremely important if you want to succeed is understanding the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs. Like I still think, you know, here and there, once every couple of weeks, oh my gosh, what was <laughs> I doing? But having a community around you that can say, no, no, this is, you know, self-doubt, like these are normal part. If I, you know, if I was just a total narcissist, maybe it would be different, but these are normal parts of A, running a business, B, challenging status quo, you know, see working for yourself. So you have to have that kind of safety net under you in terms of emotional support and someone who can always see like the larger picture of like the trajectory of your career and actually your goals. Right. And that could be really hard to do in isolation. So that's one of the reasons I love, you know, this collaboration and this podcast. It's, it's so needed. I think especially dietitians don't 
from my perspective, and I'd love to hear what you think, don't lean into each other often enough. Yeah. I, I think it's really unfortunate because we all have such unique backgrounds. Like, for example, you're a second career RD, but you can bring so much to the table because of whether it's like skill stacking from prior careers or your personal journey, you know, like we can bring so much to the table, like individually. So like when we can come together, we're just like super RDs. So yeah, I think it is very underutilized being able to collaborate with each other, whether it be one-on-one or in a community-like space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it helps the understanding of dietetics as a whole as well. When I first started private practice, before I went right into clinical, I thought I had to know everything about everything. And nutrition is so complicated from behavioral issues to really right down to functional you know, nutritional issues and different populations. So there's no way I could know everything. And I think that as dietetics grows and expands, having like the respect to understand that there's all these different niches and elements and expertise that we, it's okay to define yourself or just know one area very well and, and use a network. So for example, you have incredible cooking skills. I cannot cook at all. Many of my parents need support in that area. And I could say, oh gosh, I have to run out and get cook, you know, get all, develop all these skills. Yeah. It'd be so much better if I could refer out or collaborate with someone who already has that set of knowledge and probably really enjoys it more than I do as well, yeah. as opposed to just thinking I need to know every recipe and, you know, every tip, which isn't realistic and, and not not as helpful, I think, as referring out to someone else who has those skills. Preach, girl. Yes, 100%. Do you guys hear her? (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I think that it's very underutilized and we can do so much more as RDs, whether it be in the clinical world and reaching out to people who are I don't know, who have like a specific niche within the the clinical world or in private practice. Like there are so many RDs who are like media, social media and business. And like, they're the ones who typically bring other RDs together, but there's so much more space for private practice RDs to collaborate with each other one-on-one, hundred percent. That being said, how do you like to collaborate with fellow RDs? Like, have you have you done things in the past that you find work or are you open to possibly possible different collaborations going forward? I'm absolutely open to connecting with more RDs. Currently, because I've had the shift in my business, I just left the clinical world just about six months ago. I am in a group coaching program. So there's a lot of RDs there. We're learning a different set of um, business skills. Um, in terms of program development. To be honest, I find it a lot easier to collaborate with people outside the RD world because there is much less of that anxiety or concern about crossing boundaries or being in competition with one another, which, you know, I just spoke to the reasons why I believe that we need to overcome that. I think it would be so beneficial to just acknowledge that this is your area, this is my area. Even if we're both pediatric dietitians, we have different specialties. We can help each other. But to answer your question, I am open to any kind of collaboration. I'm, for example, love coming on your podcast. I would love to have, for example, again, someone with your kind of background come into my program and, you know, work with the parents that I work with on those cooking skills. Getting different voices in there is so important. Different people have different chemistry. You might vibe with some of those clients in a way that I really can't on different issues. 
what other ways? I've done a few IG lives. Um, you know, social media isn't my area of um, excellence, so to speak, but um, I, I have tried to do that because I know people are on there teaching classes, I suppose would be great. I'm open to ideas. I'm new to a lot of, you know, this entrepreneurial world. So, I mean, I, I love to do it just for experience for myself and also just to bring, again, other people's expertise to my, to the clients that are investing, you know, in my, in time with me and in, in understanding where I'm coming from. So send me ideas, reach out to me. I'd love to collaborate. What's the best way for fellow RDs to reach out to you? Great question. You can find me on Instagram at Amelia Sherry RD and DM me. You can go to, I have two websites. One is just AmeliaSherry.com. You can find my email on there. Um, or you can go to NourishHer.com, which is with two H's. So it's Nourish and then the word Her, H-E-R. You can go on there and find my email. So just reach out to me on email or probably a DM on Instagram if you're on there. Um, either way would be great. I think I, w- I would love to hear from anyone who's interested in talking. Yes, guys hit her up. And Amelia and I were chatting before we started recording that I thought a super cool niche would be like people who are in like working specifically with athletes, perhaps female athletes. That would be a super cool niche to be in because you can work with the client's potential like child and she can work with the mom. And I just feel like that would be a super fun collab. Consider it, consider it world out there. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, sports nutrition for young athletes is something that I'm not an expert in. And there is a lot of crossover with disordered and dysfunctional eating. I have a couple clients in my private practice right now who are 14, 15 years old and very heavily invested in their sport and having some very disordered eating as well as endocrinology related dysfunction. So there's a, like a lot of areas that are converging. Another area I think would be great to collaborate with is dietitians who work with moms who are just recovered possibly from an eating disorder or disordered eating, but perhaps that dietitian doesn't have the expertise in the feeding dynamics, which I'm heavily trained in. And I bring that aspect to the table. And of course, when I have a client interested in my program, which really focuses on feeding dynamics and family meals, and that person is, um, you know, I do do an assessment and screen for eating disorder. And if they are still heavily in their disordered eating, I can't take them into the program. So I need to refer out as well. Yeah. So those are also collaborations that I would be interested or ha- have already, you know, um, developed in one or more capacities. Fantastic. Guys, this is Amelia Sherry. Follow her on Instagram, shoot her an email, find a way to collaborate. I feel like that would be awesome. All right. Thanks, Amelia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I can't wait to listen to the rest of your um, podcast and meet some other RDs as well. I'm really excited for it. Yes. All right, guys. Until next week. Ciao. Man, this was a good show. And I'm not just saying that because I was there and I interviewed her, but I feel like when you have an RD as a second career, we've had a couple of these RDs already, right? Who have not really chosen becoming a dietitian as their first choice, their primary career, but it was something that they kind of stumbled to and developed a sense that they needed this in their life a little further down the road. And in Amelia's case, I think that was a really interesting turning point going from being a fitness writer 
and having struggled with disordered eating in the past to on a journey where she was working with peds and seeing those same struggles come up again. And that, that was the shift for her, that bigger shift into something that she really enjoys, she really loves and taking the discussion away from being weight centric to food and enjoyment and encouraging parents to have that conversation with their kids too. So I loved being the fly on the wall for this one. Let's do a quick recap. One, it's not always easy to break the silence from your own experience, but when you do, it can be such a great gift when working with others. Two, don't be afraid to challenge convention and seek out support from other RDs or medical professionals within the space that resonates with you more. Three, it's time to overcome competition amongst RDs and use our differences to collaborate. Guys, if you want to be a guest on this show and you have a story to tell and you enjoy collaborating with fellow RDs, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will send you the guest request form so that you too can be a guest on the Dietitian Collaborative podcast. I'll be starting to record season two fairly soon, so I just want to get a head start on that. And if you guys feel like you have a message to share or you just want to talk to me, IRL slash re-recorded or pre-recorded, reach out because I would love to chat with you as well. Speaking of Instagram, I love chatting with people in real life. So even if you just dig the podcast and you want to say, hey, I just like having conversations. So reach out on Instagram at wellnesscuchina and I would love to talk with you as well. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness Cucina, which is my business. There are a couple of different facets to the business, but the one that I love sharing with dietitians is the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library. I say it on here all the time. It's impossible to do it all ourselves, and we shouldn't have to do it all ourselves, especially if what you're doing is not within your zones of genius or excellence. So the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library is an online virtual tool just another tool for an RD to have in her tool belt to help her clients gain kitchen confidence and really feel like they can implement the strategies that you're giving them. So this is the tool that you can license to your clients and it can be a residual source of income for you and an opportunity for you to collaborate with fellow dietitians as well. Learn more about the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library in the show notes. All right, guys, until next week. Ciao. Ciao.